You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Our Father, our Father, our Lord, our King, we worship you with all our hearts this morning. We ask, Father, that as we share from your word, that you will speak to our hearts. Let no one live here the same. Thank you for an anointing to teach and preach. We give you thanks, our Father, in Jesus' name. Because we shout a big amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Amen. Thank the person who prayed with you, prayed for you. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Um, Good morning, church. Good morning. Just uh, take 30 seconds in case you prayed for a stranger. Um, Your sound guys didn't fix the echo on my sound, okay? But just introduce yourself to the person next to you. in case you don't know who they are, just say hello, how are you, it's my name. And it's Sunday, so you can't be using false names on Sundays. You tell them your real name, okay? <laughs> tell your real name, okay? All right. Good. God is faithful. God is really kind to us. Um, could we celebrate Simi, who so graciously shared her God experience? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God perfect his testimony and his will in your life, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, um, how's the fast going? Okay. You know, every Sunday when I ask this question, I do hoo-hoo, it's reducing. Like, <laughs> next Sunday, it's like one hoo-hoo, okay? But how's the fast going? It's just, there are complaints in some quarters that it's going too quickly. Should we extend it a bit? Just a little bit. So I was traveling in Benin yesterday, and, you know, I, I think God put, put that uh, billboard there just to humble me. Because, you know, I'm driving past and I see this, um, I see this sign which says, our annual 70 days fast. <laughs> it's like, why? You know, it's not a competition, guys. People can do 70. It's all right. Um, and I do have to complain about my sound again. Otherwise, I'll preach without my mic. I can hear an echo. Um, but, as, but I thank God. It's been a terrific time uh, waiting on God. Okay, today's day, we've lost count. But I think 27. I think today's day 27. Uh, <laughs> if you have not been fasting, just help me ask the person next to you. Say, talk true. But if you have not been fasting, there are 14 days left, I think about 13, 14 days left. And as has been proved by us that are fasting, you will not die. Okay? Um, And God has been speaking to us. Uh, He will continue. Why don't we read out of, um, by the way, next week, we'll be praying together as a church, early morning prayer meetings. Okay? For you early birds, 6 a.m to 7 a.m., and then after 7 a.m., you can either go back to sleep or you can go to work, okay? And they will hold right here, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., promises to be fantastic. So we call the prayer meeting sunrise. So when you start to pray, it's all dark. And just by the power of your prayer, the sun comes out, all right? But um, it promises to be a great time, and there's a bulletin and also links on social media, on our social media platform to tell what the focus for the day, the various days are, okay? Please tell the person next to you, please fast. Please fast. Let's, let's tell, please fast. All right. Why don't we read out of Luke chapter 4 and verse 9? 
Luke chapter 4 and verse 9. Okay. Continuing on the subject, fighting temptations. We started this discussion two weeks ago. Uh, we spoke about how uh, temptations are common to man. So everyone gets tempted. Okay, every single person gets tempted. We spoke about the fact that there is a process, we read out of uh, James, I believe. It says, this is what happens when you are tempted. You are drawn away by desires which you are carrying within you. And it says, when those desires have conceived, found opportunity, they bring forth sin. It says, when sin is fully grown, death. Um, we said that there is a time when uh, as an opportune time and season when we read out of Luke chapter 4. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. All right. I think it is Adriel that gave me the other mic. <laughs> I now know your plans for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Much better. Uh -huh. All right. Um, it said there's an opportune time for temptation. The Bible says, and the devil seized when it comes to Jesus and tempting him. He left him um, until a more opportune time. I remember the first day I said, you know, while there are seasons, you know, vulnerable seasons, seasons when you are alone, that you need to be careful you are not the one who is creating the season. All right? Um, and we also said on that first day how that scripture says Jesus was tempted in every way possible. It says, but he was yet without sin. And we say that same Jesus dwells and lives within us and so gives us the same victory over sin and temptation. And that is the question that we all need to sort out. Jesus lives in me. Because Jesus lives in me, we have the same outcomes that we had uh, when Jesus was alive. All right. So let me nudge the person next to you. Tell them you are stronger than your temptations. Yes, them you are stronger than all the temptations. All, all the temptations. You have to say like a preacher. All the temptations. All right. That's Friday night, Saturday morning, Monday. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what currency the temptation is in. It doesn't matter what he drives. Okay? It doesn't matter what he drives. G-Wagon, private jet, tell the lady next to you, you are stronger than your temptation. Bearded or not. It doesn't matter what tribe he is. Some say, but when it just comes to Spanish, when Spanish accent, Pierre, I'm done. <laughs> you are not done in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Someone says the Bini accent, Pierre, when you say that Bini accent. I know, I know, I know. All right. Um, and then last week we spoke about the fact that, um, that worship is a big deal when it comes to tempting. So the devil says to Jesus, here is all the earth. Why don't you just worship before me? He says, I will give you everything, all the glory of all the kingdoms. Showed him Banana Island, Ekoi, Orange Island, some part of, no, not Aja, some other news. <laughs> You know, showed him Benin, Washington, London, Ibadan, you know. Uh, showed him all those lovely places. And says, look, I'm going to give all, just worship. Just sing me one worship song. And we say that, you know, God says, look, you will have no other gods beside me. You will worship no other gods beside me. And we said, never think in the moment when you are being tempted that, it's about the pleasure or about what you are being drawn into. No, there's a bigger contention there. There's a bigger contention. It's not just about, will you take this $50,000? No. It's not about 10 minutes of pleasure. No. It's not about, it's a, you know, it's not about 
you know, sometimes you think in the moment it's just all about this girl. It's not about it. There's something bigger there, okay? This week, we just want to continue, you know, Luke chapter 4 and uh, have a discussion about what I've titled Ego Trips. Luke chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. And it says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Verse 10 says, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, to keep you. Um, and it says they will lift you in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. One of the things we said two weeks ago was how that God asks us to resist the devil and he would flee. And so it is not the picture of a powerless church. It is not a picture of a just getting by church or getting by Christian. Just, I'm just trying, oh my goodness, the temptation in this city. If I, when I drive to work and I just, I just I close my eyes as I'm driving, I, don't, I can't turn. P.I., what I see, I can't even put on my TV. I don't even have a TV. I don't have again. I'm, I'm off social media. I'm just hiding. It's just like, as if they're just trying, they're trying to bring you down. And that is true. The Bible says the devil moves around like a roaring lion looks, looking for who he will can zoom. But it says resist the devil steadfast in the faith. In the faith. And so the resistance is real and required. We talked about the three Hebrew boys on the first day. Daniel chapter 3. But we do not submit to... Yeah, the resistance is real. Okay? And we don't submit to the devil in anything and at any time. It's, it's the mentality of a warrior. It's on the, the Bible says that which is born of God overcomes the world. All right? And so when you get born again, you, you receive Jesus in your heart and the ability to stand firm and to resist. I like a scripture I saw in Galatians 2.5. It says, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. And I lift it out of context, but I love it because it says, we did not yield submission even for one hour. Even for one, just tell the person next to you, not even for one hour. Shake your head as you're doing Just Not for one hour, not for one hour. No, no, not for one hour. And there is a guaranteed reward for resistance. When you read through Revelations 2, Revelations 3, and I think a bit of 4, he begins to say, and I know a lot of us don't read Revelations, right? You don't read the book of Revelation. Like, yeah, scary book. Yes. Um, he begins to say, um, look, to him who overcomes, you know, if you read Revelations 3, 12, it says, to him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. It, it, and it's, I think there are about six or seven instances where he says, to him who overcomes, I will do this. And this is victory that we have is simply because Jesus now lives within us. And, and it's very easy to forget that as a Christian, that Jesus lives within you. Um, but our victory, our ability to overcome the devil is referenced to that fact. Because Jesus in me makes all the difference. Because I, I like to say that it's almost as if the power that created the whole universe is now dwelling within me. 
Yeah? I'll say to myself during the week, it's like I'm carrying a billion KVA generator within me. I'm carrying divine ability. And I know you don't sometimes feel like that. I know Sam that when it's to come to where you are, that when she touches your shoulder sometimes, she, she be unknown. We don't know who she is. That your body still shakes like you have malaria. But you have got the power of God within you. <laughs> and this is important that you don't leave this service today. For, you don't forget this. And so Luke chapter 4, we just read, Jesus, this interesting discussion have with the devil. The devil says, look, let me take you to the highest part of the temple where everybody can see what's going on. Everybody. I don't want anyone to miss this show. And it says to him, look, Jesus, if you are the son of God, and it's interesting how a lot of the temptations that come to Jesus are prefaced with a questioning about something God had said. If it, same thing he says to Eve. Did God really say? Did God really say that you are the righteousness of his righteousness in Christ Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.21. How can he say that? Don't you know that you are a young man? Flesh and blood. They are just lying, all these pastors. Pia is even married. How many years been married? 14 years. Uh, that's why I can be talking all this nonsense about no sex. Now, what does he know how? He doesn't know what's happening in town anymore. That time when Pia married, it's long ago. He doesn't understand. Is it really true that I can make money, I can become a billionaire in God in this life without stealing money? Say, oh. <laughs> mm, maybe if I was born in Silicon Valley. My parents had let me be born in Silicon. Yes, but I'm in Lagos. Ah, and things are tough in Lagos. Very tough, very tough. What did God really say? But he says to Jesus, he says, look, just jump. Why don't you just show them who you are? And the three things um, for me to come to mind in, in, that, in that temptation the very first one, he's saying to Jesus, walk out of timing, walk out of shadow. Because it's not yet time for Jesus to be publicly worshipped. It's not time for them to be bowing down. That will come. But he's saying to Jesus, come on. Ah. It's the same one. He says to David, strike him down. He's talking about Saul. And David says, no, no, I can't do this. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. And so sometimes, you know, the devil will come to us and say, but you know that if you do this quicker, you will be better. He says to um, Eve, he says, don't you know that when you eat this thing, your eyes will open. It's also the promise of something you've never experienced before. So when you take this thing now, ah, just do it small, just one, what's it called? Is it a, it's a, it's a puff or is it small? Someone help me. No, you just help me, Jerry, vocabulary, not like experience. Just help me. You take, what's that? Huh? A, dra a drag. God bless you, my sister. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. God bless you. So when you take, 
You didn't know that, did you? I know, I know. <laughs> it's not by wearing. You know, I know you didn't. So when you take one drug, it says, what you will experience. Ah, eyes have not seen. Ears have not. And you're not wondering, eh? He said, look at that boy there. That one that looks as if he's in heaven. He took one. There's <laughs> a promise of an experience. And he says, look, come, throw yourself down. But so act out of sequence. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, it says, he who has wisdom in his heart understands proper timing and procedure. And so when you want to impress people, you've only started working for two years, but you want to impress people that you own and wear a Rolex. You just want to show them something. You want to show them that you can live in Ikoyi. You know, people, some people live in Ikoyi and are hungry. You want to show them that you can drive a particular type of car. You can go a particular place. You know you can... <laughs> you know the class that you fly on an aeroplane does not speak about your net worth. I, and I know that, you know, sometimes when you get on the aeroplane, it can be a bit irritating. It's wicked people did not make you go past the nice big seats first. <laughs> you're going, and if you're with, you're with children, what typically happens, it happens to us, you know, as you're going past the business class, first class is it cute, Daddy, are these our chairs? No, come on. <laughs> Daddy, why are we not flying first class? Well, I'm going on holiday. Let's go. Come on, let's go. You know. But he says to Jesus, jump down. Show these people who you are. And when I was planning for this message, I had this big plan of getting like some gymnast to come do the whole job. And I thought I could do it myself, but then I thought it was a temptation. So <laughs> I said, I'm not going to tempt God because it looks a bit far. And, you know, you don't do that. Yeah, so I wasn't going to do But just imagine, you know, height of the temple. You know, people are worshiping. Then this is Jesus who they always knew as, you know, the, the carpenter's son. And he just jumps down. He says, jumping down, you know, he's slow. He's not going to jump down quickly. Slow motion. He even does that whole Wakanda thing, you know, just cross. You know, just, you know. And then he doesn't land in me. He levitates a bit. Then he looks. Guys. Just imagine this. And he's saying to Jesus, just jump down. He says, and you can't enjoy yourself. He says, God's angels are here. Jesus understands timing and procedure. That I have nothing to prove to men. That I have nothing to prove to men. For someone, if you leave church with that statement firmly etched upon your heart, you've received a blessing and a half. Help me tell the person next to you, you have nothing to prove to me. You have nothing to prove to me. You have nothing to prove to me. When you can, once you, once you get into that zone, right, it, relieve, it takes you away, it, you, it gives you an exit pass from the rat race of life. Because, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to help me say, don't you just find yourself comparing yourself with other people in traffic? You know, you're feeling good with your car until the newer model, the older brother of your car drives by. You just love this new dress that they brought, you got from one fancy shop until you wear it to the wedding and there are five people wearing that same style and now you're not hiding, you know, you don't come out. That I have nothing to prove to men. Because Jerusalem is the center of religious activity in Jesus' day. 
I'm not going to take a shortcut to popularity or fame. Second thing I realize is that he's saying to him, look, you can get into this place where you know God will, God will be there. Mercy and grace. Mercy and, this is the era of grace. Look, my brother, you can, you can, you can do whatever you God will. God is a loving God. Josh, God loves you. You can, you can smoke anything. He loves you. There's nothing. You can do anything. You can even beat Falabina. Beat him. God loves you. He will forgive you. You can take all the money in Nigeria, $1 billion, and hide it in your village, in a home, where neither you nor your descendants can use it. But God will forgive you. Don't worry, guys. That's an era of grace. Doesn't he say, if we confess our sins, that he's faithful and just? He says, jump down, my brother. Angels will be there. He says, let's don't worry. Say, what is one night stand? Ah, God created you. If he don't want you to, don't worry. He'll forgive you. And Jesus understands that you cannot take the grace and the mercy of God for granted. And this is not because God will not forgive you. He will. His hands are always wide open. But there's something about deliberate disobedience that says our consciences. It makes us, it puts us in a place where we have to require more healing than we should have required in the first place. So, so what do men say that I am? You know, you know in, in Romans 6, just talking about mercy and grace, Paul says, you know, what shall we say then? Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? <laughs> but Jesus is saying, look, I would not let what people would say or what they are saying or what they will do distract me from obeying God. Who do men say that I am? You know, and this is important because we're in an era where status symbols are a big deal. You know, brands are a big deal. Your reputation is a big deal. I like to think that Jesus is my predominant brand. He's the, he's the designer of all designers. And, and don't get me wrong, I like designers. God leading you to. Get, get me something with a design. I, let's talk. But I love designers, you know. And I, I saw someone's bag this morning. And I said, ah, ah, this is a bag. You know, I, if I, I think I told him, because it was talked by Paris Ferrari. I said, ah, right. if, I, if I was a lady, I would rock this bag. I, told, I think I told her that much. And my wife started looking at me like, well, you can buy it from me. But that's not what I meant. <laughs> right. So Jesus is my, so sonship is my status. We're so careful about ranking. Who do people, am I, you know, 30 on the 30? 40 on the 40? <laughs> I, and I just be a bit real to you guys. So, you know, I grew up in Benin. And I realized as time went on that every time I went, I wanted to go back home. I really wanted to go home looking very fly. Home being Benin. I wanted to look. Now, can guys look dolled up? Is that women? That's weird. Dolled up. That's women, right? I just want to look. You, you want to go home and look. You want them to, you, know, you want to go back to the streets where you grew up. And you, you want them to know that your God is alive. And you serve a living God. They might not have let you into the team when you were younger. But you want to show them that now, 
God has, he has done something for you. Look at what the Lord has done in my life. So pride is a big deal. And I'll just talk very quickly about four sources of pride. Four sources of pride. There's one that comes as a result of insecurity. And, and I think, you know, this conversation happening in the background, as you know, the devil tells Jesus to jump. He's saying, Shit, they say they don't know who your father is. They called you a bastard. <laughs> Show them who you are now. You know, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says, but, speaking about Mary, but she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And sometimes you know what it feels like not to be in the inn, not to be in the inn crowd. You, you, you know what it feels like. For guys, you know, when you were younger, there were 11 guys, they wanted to play football, five aside. You come, you come. Ah, Josh, you can play, you're a defender, come. And then you were the one that was then left, you say, ah, hmm, sure you can ref, you can be a referee, right? <laughs> and after a while, you didn't even bother to, when they, you didn't bother to come out anymore. You, you knew what it was like not to be in the in crowd. For a lady, you were the one who they, you were always heard about you, they come on Monday morning to school, you're like, ah, that party, you say, which party? Ah, Pam, they invite you. Ah, Pam, she didn't invite you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, but the party was fantastic. So you are the one who was not in the crowd. Maybe they even invited you for the local events. But when it was international, ah, you didn't fit in. So he's saying to Jesus, show them who you are. And we have to be careful about acting in pride that is fueled by past hearts, or past pains. When you think of the attitude to people, to Jesus in his day, John 6 and 42, the Bible says, and they said, is this, is it not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? And you know that's not just, there's, a, there's something behind that. But we know his father. Why is he now doing something? We know him now. When the, I became he was with us in Lagos Island. We know his father. We know his mother. In fact, when you read Matthew 13, verse 35, or 55, it says, is this not the carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? The Bible says in 57, so they were offended at him. So people who are already offended just because they don't expect you to become much in life. The challenge with that is that you are then trying to show them who you are. So you earn a salary. You use the whole salary to buy a bag because you know there's a reunion coming on. And then when you go to the reunion, you put the bag in the center table with your name. And so I think it was time back, I resolved that when I, and this is just me understanding that I dealt with it, and when I was, oh my goodness, when I was in secondary school, primary school, I was, I was, I was not a cool kid, though. oh, no, 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 I didn't even have a girlfriend, I didn't, I had two friends every year, 
boys, two boyfriends, not boyfriends like that, but two friends. Uh-huh. So I write it down. P.I. Life point shot, two boyfriends. <laughs> I did not have boyfriends. <laughs> but I was, and I was small for my, I was, I was like, I was the youngest in my set. I couldn't play football. My father was wealthy, but not like super wealthy. We were traveling abroad. I wasn't going for parties. So I was like, and I raised to his glasses. I was a Ned, Ned Nedish, okay? And my goodness, ah, whenever they had reunions, of course, life went on. I grew taller, found a nice, you know, beautiful chick. Uh, God gave me some money. Going for reunions. Ah, if my car is not working, I'm not going. I have to show them. I have to park the Range Rover in front of the entrance, mistakenly. Jesus, jump down. Angels are there. But it's all my insecurity having to deal with. And so I got to a place where I said to myself, I'm going for a reunion, I'm going with an Uber. I'm going for a reunion. If there's no dress code, I'm wearing a t-shirt and jeans and slippers. That's how I'm going. Until I'm in the place where I know all my insecurities have been dealt with. Because you know there's a way you can reserve a shirt or a dress for a particular day. Because you just want to show them. Hmm. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them, you have nothing to prove to me. You're all right the way you are. You're all right the way you are. You're all right the way you are. Because pride, pride is, a couple of weeks ago I wrote it in my notes, that pride is a shortcut to disaster. Pride is a shortcut. To, it says, Jesus, jump down. This is, this is short time. This is prime time. Everybody, you're going to trend, though. Ah, Jesus, you will trend on Instagram. Just jump. There's pride that comes because you think that you are superior to everyone. The Israelites missed the coming of Jesus because they had this superiority mindset. Scripture says about Jesus in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, verse 8, I like this, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of a cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, but that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. When you read Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 65, he's speaking about a king, and I think in a type speaking about the devil, he says, he says to him, he says, I will ascend. I will, because the devil essentially wants to take Jesus' throne. There's a super, you think that people who were not born on your side of town cannot, you cannot associate with them. And there's pride there. And, and, there's, it's, and I'm speaking about pride this morning, our ego, because it's an interesting way that the devil tempts us. So there's insecurity, there's superiority. Sometimes there's even knowledge. There's even knowledge. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 
verses 1 to 3. It says, now concerning things of, you know, offered to idols, it says, we know that we all have knowledge. It says, but knowledge puffs up. It says, but love edifies. It says, and if anyone thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Because we know in part. So you come and say, ah, oh, look, I, I was... I, I, I got my MBA from Harvard. You know, and there's no statement you make that doesn't reference Harvard. You know. So, I in Harvard the other day. Oh my goodness, it's raining. This is how it used to rain in Harvard. Oh my God. Oh, the sunshine here is lovely. Summers in Harvard were really very nice. You know, and we know you went to a good school. Yes. We know you know something. Ah, there's nobody who knows um, well, give me something, law, or some part of law, like maritime law. Nobody knows it like you. And so nobody can talk to you anymore. In James chapter 3, he speaks about a concept called the meekness of wisdom. Uh, like how Paul says, he says, the person who thinks he knows, he says he does not know yet as he ought to know. <laughs> in that scripture we read in Philippians, it says, Jesus, even though he was God. He says he did not, he humbled himself. Tap the person next to you, tell them, humble yourself. I know you've been wanting to tell them all service. Just tap them and say, humble yourself. It's P.I. said to tell you to humble yourself. Yeah, let's try and put all this together very quick. Oh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's pride that comes from what I call idolatry. Just self-worship. Where you begin to arrogate worship to yourself. A refusal to acknowledge God as your source. Uh, where you get into a place where you think that you are all you are because, because of you. And I'm just pretty by myself. It's not even my parents' gene. No, 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 no. This, this, this beauty came from, from me. I brought it from heaven. Mm. This hair, I brought it from heaven. When you become the God of your own life. <laughs> Two scriptures, this is very quickly. Acts chapter 12, verse 21 to 24. The Bible says, so on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration. He spoke, nobody can talk like you. Nobody can sing like you. I mean, if you head follow me, sing. you sing? Like, ah, we're his fans. Oh my goodness. Follow me. Follow me. Throw your shirt into the crowd. Follow me. Do something. Sing for us. Don't even sing. Just smile at us. Nobody. And the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately, an angel of the Lord tapped him. Because he did not give glory to man. And he was eaten by worms and died. Oh my God. It's rather drastic. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And then, oh, there's a, there's a more interesting one in, in, in Daniel 4, 29. And at the end of this 12, there's King, uh, Nib, Nib, I call him Nebu for short. And at the end of this 12, he was walking around the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, is this not great Babylon I, that I built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? I wrote this song. Josh, by myself, I was just up in my room in the midnight hour thinking, as I always think with my wise brain, 
Then the song came. So I, Josh, wrote it. I wrote the beginning. I wrote the middle. I wrote the end. And I texted it to Falabi. Here is the song. I wrote this song for my listening pleasure. The Bible says, while the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you. He comes back to us later in 37. He says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, and this is after God had humbled him, praise and extol and honor. Not just, I'm not, I'm just praising God. No, I'm extolling him. Not just praising, I'm also honoring him. The king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways just, and those who walk in pride, he's able to put down. Because the devil targets us when we're in a place where we believe that we are, we are, who, we are, we are the best things since sliced bread. There's nobody like you. Indeed, you know, we're the experts in this industry. And when we speak, you know, people can't talk to you anymore. They can't approach you. Self-worship. And it was interesting, so as I, I prepared for this, you know, kept on talking about Peter. But I'll talk about Paul and Barnabas, and I'll talk about Peter, and I'll, I'll try and put this together. And how, my understanding of how God wants us as a church to position our hearts, especially as we resist the devil. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas, doing the work of God, gently, verse 11 to 15, doing the work of God. The Bible says, when the crowd saw what Paul had, what Paul done, as a gentleman who had been crippled, I think, from birth, everybody knew him, crippled. Paul just walks there, just walking down, just, just you know, Paul's just texting, just, you know, his phone, you know, it's exactly what Eni does, you know, just walking by, by down, just, oh my goodness, hey, rise up and walk. Guy just rise up, just miracles, you know. And Paul says, oh my goodness, you have faith to be healed, to be healed. And the city goes berserk because they know this guy. The Bible says when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the, like, like, oh, in the language of the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus. And Paul, they called Hermes. That was that how pronounced? Ladies, talk to me. And that's the designer bag. It's Hermes in the Bible, relax. I will pronounce it the way I like it. Because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and writs to the city gates because him and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. But when the apostles, because the apostles realized they were being set up for disaster. But when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, heard of this, they tore their clothes, they removed their jackets, said never. And rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from this worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You read verse 18. After all the talking, they talked. They said, even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. They have told you, we are not God. They said, no. You leave that for us. They brought, so just imagine, and you know, we're laughing, like, but 
Isn't it so easy when people start to worship you? PFA, that's what we call Femia body. It depends on how we wake up. P is either pastor or prince from a bomber show. Sir. <laughs> but you know, I don't know if you've, have you ever been there when people are just, there is nobody like JR. This boy understands this. Uh, uh, JR. You know, I just, you know, the way they call you. I remember a very, very, someone very close to me once told, told me a story about this danger of going out at night and being drunk. And he said one day he went to a party, he was spraying money. He said the thing entered his head. He finished spraying all the money he had. Back in those days, before literary transfer. Yeah? Spraying all the money he had. He said he went back home. There were no ATMs at the time. He said he drove home, got more money, drove back to the party. You don't know anything yet. <laughs> then they call you and say, there's nobody more beautiful than Pamela. When you see her, her, her highlight, that's the highlight, that's her, hair. Highlight, her hair, we see her hair, her makeup, oh no God, when she talks, she's like an angel who is Spanish in earthly origin, when she smiles, the whole world just like, she's the inspiration for all Ed Sheeran's songs, when they're just talking about Pamela, I'm probably just like, my goodness, sacrifice to me, <laughs> spend your salary, <laughs> The apostles say, we too are only men. And this is interesting in Acts chapter 14 because the next couple of verses you read, verse 19, they are beating Paul and Barnabas. They are beating them. Because the Bible says some Jews came, turned the heart of the crowd around. It says they, they beat these people, leave them for dead. And so you, 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 you do good enough to expose yourself just to the, the vagaries of human adulation and earthly fame. Because, you know, fame has seasons. Earthly fame is fecal. It's fecal. I mean, ask Paul and Barnum. Ask football fans. Their team is playing, 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 playing. They score two, three, four. Ah, the fans start to boo. They start to boo very... I mean, uh, <laughs> FA Cup, I can't remember what year it was. I went to watch it. Well, I went to watch... I went to the stadium... And we're watching the big screen. So the Arsenal stayed watching the big screen because the match was somewhere else. And Arsenal was down 2-0. Okay, I, was, I was not how they normally do something. They were down 2-0. I don't remember many minutes. If you see the cursing, unprintable words, the swearing, fame is fecal. I know you think you're hot stuff. I know they are following you. Oh, by the way, I, I had this beautiful experience. You know, last week we spoke about money, you know, not worshipping money. And then sometime in the week, I get this alert, Illuminati, I started following you. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> they're tracking me, it's all right, all right. But you know how it is when you're getting to this place where you are persuaded that you are so special. The one God put in my heart was Acts chapter 10, 26, 25 and 26. It was about Peter. He's sending Peter to Colinius' house. I don't forget, we're talking about this resisting the devil. He's sending Peter to Colinius. He's had a, a discussion with Colinius. He says, I'm going to send this man to you, this man. He's about to open a new vista in, in the kingdom, in the mission work. He's about to start something new. He's having this big discussion with Peter on the other side. Eat. And Peter's going back. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. You know, I can't. And then he convinces Peter. And then three men come from Colinius' house. You know, they show up at your gate. Hi. Looking for Anu, who sent you? Our boss is Cornelius. He said God spoke to him about. So God spoke to your boss about me. And you look at everybody around. Did you hear that? 
I hope you heard that, Josh. God spoke to them to come and meet me. If you ever doubted my ministry, I might call it. So let's go, let's go. And so they are going. It's two men, two servants, and one soldier. It's a bit of a scene. Peter, where are you going? God, God sent me someone. I'm coming, I'm coming. God sent me someone. I don't know who God has sent somewhere in this service today. And the Bible says in verse 25, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him. Cornelius is a big man. But he fell at his feet in reverence. Verse 25 and 26. But Peter made him get up. He says, stand up. I am only a man myself. You tell the person next to you, I'm only a man myself. I'm only a man myself. Pride makes us vulnerable to temptations. It says, our submission to God protects us from pride. Humility keeps us God-centered, church. Humility keeps us dependent on the one who is our true rock and our true anchor. When you come to a place where you realize that I am not to be worshipped, you know there's a way they can hail you in Lagos. Even you start to believe your own hype. And all they just want is money. Or sometimes the guy just wants sex. Just tells you lines. He's just quoting Shakespeare. If you Google, you see that they copied it. But you don't know. Sometimes he'll even send you Spanish. You, so you, go and, you go and translate. Ah, ah. This boy's got shalas, got rhymes. Ah, ah. And you begin to believe your own hype. And sometimes you've known things. It might even be things that you've known about God. So nobody knows about eschatology like you. Just don't relax. Eschatology is just the discussion about the end times and what's going to happen. You are the one, you know the truth, you know it. You can tell what's going to happen when a rapture, you even have the dates. You're just keeping it from the rest of us. You, you and God are pals like that. He's told you when he's coming, you know, and stuff like that. Please tell me later. Okay? Or there's this feel. I don't know who it is. But those who successfully resist the devil are those who keep their hearts in a humble place. Those who refuse to let knowledge puff them up. Those who refuse to think at any point in time that they're superior to others. May I say this, church? You know that there is a way that being born again sometimes also makes you proud? So when we were in the university, we used to call people who were not saved unbelts, just short for unbelievers, but sounded more uh, spiritual. It's an unbello. He's going out with an unbell. <laughs> um, and the challenge is we're all unbelts. And how to know that you begin to walk in pride as a Christian is what happens in your heart or in your mind when you hear that someone is overtaken with a fault. So I always knew it. These people, these Christians of Jerry, they don't have they don't have stamina. They don't have. I, I, I always knew that Kole, even when we're praying in church, the way he prays. 
At least you see his eye just looking up and down, looking up and down. He's not really... He doesn't, when I hear his tongues, they are weak. They are weak tongues. Weak tongues. The other day, he couldn't really quote. The scripture I was trying to quote, he couldn't quote it completely. He was just saying the good book. What's in the good book? You know, as a Christian, you, can, and you, you see someone who's not yet accepted the love of God, and you look down on them. are going to hell. Hell. We are the Christians. <laughs> so you insult people in tongues. He said, Jesus, call down. He said, call down thunder, fire, light. Call down something from heaven. Let's kill these people. He says, you do not understand the manner of the spirit that's within you. How do you look at the guy upstairs who's always bringing one strange girl after the other? You, it's just that like he's paining you. It's not that like you're really concerned by spiritual heart. Just paining you. You ain't got no game going on. You can't have game. Okay? So just paining you and your heart is like, God. And then you start singing some judgment day is coming. You will die. You will roast in fire. Pride. Because you're not, you, and you're up, the day he now comes to you, ah, Falabi, I'm now saved. No, you're not saved. You can't be saved. No, 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 no. There's no salvation for you. You're not saved. He said, I'm saved. Washed by the, you're not washed by any blood. <laughs> May God give us humble hearts. You cannot resist the devil from a place of pride. That is his field. He's the captain. He's the coach. Thousands of years of training. The Bible says, God gives grace to the humble. <sighs> How does humility show up? When we, we say we give all glory back to God, we can have a theological discussion about what that means. And, and oh, yeah, God calls us or glorifies us. Yes, I know. But it simply means that I realize that without God, I am nothing. Father, thank you. It means that I don't look for approval in things. You know, sometimes you buy, you buy a shirt. Half of the shirt is covered with the badge of the person that made the shirt. Or the, it's just like, what is it? You're not a billboard. But you hear that that's the one that everybody's wearing. And I, and I have got shirts with badge. I have, my, I, I have brands I like. Oh, don't let anybody deceive you. Oh, I, I, like, I like turning up. Is that turning up? Sure, I don't know. I, have, I like coming out nice once in a while. I like asking my wife in the morning, how do I look? Do I look okay? She said, you know, you look great. Ah, what did you say? Hey, you look handsome. You look look terrific. The best dressed guy. I like it sometimes. I like, I like it a lot. Dad. Okay. <laughs> but God forbid that I'm doing that to impress. I want to come to when I, I, when I enter church let them look at me and ah. Don't, don't fly first class with your entire salary. There are some seats in the economy that have lots of space. I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't rent a house with borrowed money just to impress somebody. Because when you, it's a deliverance. When you're able to say, look, we're all running our own race. There's no competition. Jesus lives within me. That is success enough in life. 
and everything that he will do through me and I will do my best is for the sake of the kingdom. Don't go through experiences and say, jump! I say, Chile, do jump yesterday. Felix jumped. Say, hey, Fatima, Fatima, you know Fatima. She jumped. Too. You jump, Jesus. Show them who you are. Resist the temptation to want to revenge on your past. It's amazing how some of us just do certain things because of where we are coming from. Our Father, we bring our hearts before you this morning. Lord, if there's any element of pride sitting in the four courts of our mind or perhaps in the deeper recesses, would you, Lord, put light upon it that we may with your help, with your strength, make amends. Would you lead us to a place where we are truly humble, not false humility, not humility because we want to impress people or meet a religious standard, but humility that you approve of and that you resource with grace. Our Father, we present ourselves before you. You are our only audience. You are the one who matters, nobody else. We're not trying to impress our past or our classmates or our friends. We're not trying to impress social media. We're not trying to impress the future. We've detached ourselves from the race that men seem to run against themselves. Our Father, we come to you in prayer this morning. We declare that we do not frustrate grace and mercy. We don't take it for granted. We do not walk and step out of time and shadow. We don't run another man's race. Lord, our hearts are full of worship for you and you alone. Because who you worship determines what you do. We don't worship money. We don't worship fame. I'd like you to spend a minute or two in prayer if you don't mind. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.